When you talk about your politics, do you find that people aren't listening? Well, it might not be you, but rather just might be the people you're speaking to. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Cardio Miracle Studios here in lovely Eastern Indiana. Folks, if you want to start your heart health journey like I have over the past four months, I've been using Cardio Miracle, not just promoting them here on the show. And I got to tell you, the Cardio Miracle difference for yours truly is in fact real. And I can almost 100% guarantee it'll be real for you as well, because Cardio Miracle not only is an amazing supplement based on nitric oxide that helps improve your overall heart health, but it will help improve your blood pressure, help improve your sleep. Gentlemen, help improve your sexual health. And I've actually been seeing the uh, Cardio Miracle difference for myself when it comes to blood pressure. My my family have had a family history of, of high blood pressure, and I thought, well, I guess this is my life, high blood pressure. And then Cardio Miracle uh, ended up being a miracle for my heart health. I went to the doctors today and my normal like 150 over 90 or 100 blood pressure was down to 122 over 77. That's four plus months now of using Cardio Miracle. And I got to tell you guys, yeah, the Cardio Miracle difference is real. So if you want to go ahead and experience the Cardio Miracle difference for yourself, head over to CardioMiracle.com. Use code TBNS at checkout for 15% off your order. Cardio Miracle, quite literally the best heart health supplement in the world. And you have a 100% money back guarantee. So you have nothing to lose besides that high blood pressure. So one more time, CardioMiracle.com. Be sure to use code TBNS for 15% off your order. All right, let's talk about ICP, uh, which by the way, for today's conversation, it's you and me. It's a conversation between the two of us. And this is talking about something I've been hearing uh, more and more frequently as we're getting towards election season, uh, You know, not only here in 2023, but to 2024 as well. And uh, one of the things I've been hearing consistently from, from not just listeners of the show, but frankly, libertarians out there in general and other folks in the world of politics is, well, Brian, when I sit down and I'm talking about our ideas to people I think should be caring and wanting to, to learn about our ideas, I get pushback or I don't get anything. I just get blank stares and people kind of ignore me. What What's going on here? Am I not doing something right? Well, what the reality is, is that it's not you. It's not you. It probably is the person you're speaking to. And frankly, they're not in what we call our ICP. Now, in the world of business, an ICP is your ideal customer persona. It is the person that your company, you as a salesperson are going after. Why? Because not only are they the right person to buy your product, but they have specific pain points that you know your product or service can help address. So we're looking at this through the lens of politics. It might not necessarily be our ideal customer persona, but how about our ideal voter persona? Who are they? And how do we meet them on the issues they care about? And with that, I said, you know what we should do? We should outline who the ICP is for libertarians. So I went ahead and did that. And today I'm going to break it down into three different buckets that I've identified our libertarian ICP as. Number one, the disillusioned voter. They're tired of the two-party system. They're tired of the constant partisan back and forth and bickering. They want practical solutions, actionable solutions, not just platitudes and rhetoric. They might be open to voting for third party. And heck, they might be open to voting for libertarian candidates. And maybe they value things like civil liberties, privacy rights, ending the, the war on drugs. Heck, 
ending the wars. And of course, they're concerned about government overreach and spending. Bucket two, the politically homeless. Who are they? Well, they're folks who don't strongly identify one way or another, Democrat, Republican, or indifferent. They're an independent thinker willing to hear new ideas focused on issues not addressed by those two major parties. And more often than not, have a lot of young voters who are more open to voting for third party than their parents and their grandparents. The third bucket I identify is our true libertarian base, strong advocates for libertarian philosophy and policies. They want reduced taxes, spending, and regulations. They're passionate about their gun rights, free markets, and privacy, and of course, concerned about government censorship, foreign policy, and overreach. You know, keeping your business secure can be a real headache, especially for small companies like yours. My friends at Serpent Networks get it. They specialize in making enterprise-level cybersecurity simple and affordable for small and medium businesses. Their advanced AI actually exposes hidden threats before the bad guys can exploit them, so you get a comprehensive protection that's tailored 100% to your needs. If you're tired of cybersecurity blind spots, go see the experts at Serpent Networks and schedule a free consultation one more time. And that's Serpent Networks, your IT problem solvers. The ideal ICP for libertarians combines elements of all three, not just diehard libertarians, but also disillusioned voters open to an alternative. And with that, your messaging, our messaging should be focused on shared values and improving the lives of others with libertarian solutions. Now, when I'm also asked, uh, Brian, well, we have a, a presidential election coming down the pike here. So of the libertarians who have announced that they're running for office, well, who do you like the most? I don't know if I like anybody the most, but I've definitely had a bunch of folks who are running for office on my show. And here's kind of my snapshot of where candidates are that I've spoken to based on identifying our ICP. Mike Tremont. I think he's a great guy, great energy. Had him on the show a couple times at this point. He's doing his whole uh, new uh, gold new deal. Um, and, and I think Mike, he just needs to refine the messaging, right? Define that clear ICP that he's targeting. I think, you know, it's a little bit of a wishy-washy uh, campaign uh, in terms of outreach. Uh, Chase Oliver had Chase in the show as well. I think he's a good communicator. He's got strong inroads with libertarian stakeholders, but Frankly, I think he's spending way too much time uh, on and energy, frankly, on the wrong ICP. And, and to dig in a little bit deeper, because I had someone want to uh, to get some context for Chase, because Chase is one of the, the the leaders, I would say, in the uh, the nomination here for the LP going into 2024. I think Chase is spending too much time going after the more politically left leaning progressive voters. Uh, and in, instead, he should really focus his campaign on really three issues. And by the way, this is across the board, folks, for libertarians. Don't focus on 15 different issues. Focus on two, maybe three issues that you can absolutely knock it out of the park with. So I would say inflation, cost of living, those would be one bucket. Dissatisfaction with the Democrats, Republican, and even more granular dissatisfaction with Biden and Trump. And then frustration across the board with a two-party system. And to win over those disaffected, uh, dis disaffected rather voters, emphasize lowering taxes, reducing spending, protecting civil liberties, ending foreign interventions, legalizing cannabis. But to energize that base, government overreach during COVID, let's focus on that. Censorship by big tech. And of course, attacks on the Second Amendment. Leveraging anger at the two parties without compromising libertarian uh, libertarian values. Libertarian, <laughs> the libertarians over in uh, Italy, that's who they are, the libertarians. No, uh, without compromising libertarian values, 
this is important. Stay true to core libertarian principles of limited government and individual freedom while at the same point in time identifying the fact that we might not have all the answers and that you're looking to engage in a collaborative uh, collaborative approach to governance. And here's also the reality. Many Americans out there want an alternative in 2024. So I think that's a pretty good stand, uh, standpoint of where to refocus energy if you are someone like a Chase Oliver. Now, going ahead, uh, a couple other folks. Josh Smith had Josh on the show. He's going to be here again on the show in a couple of weeks. Uh, Josh, I think, has you know very strong, bold campaign uh, strategy he's been implementing. However, I would say he can drift a little too far into the weeds with that base of strong, fervent supporters. And with that, you got to temper your messaging to appeal not just to that libertarian base, but to that large uh, group of politically homeless or politically uncertain voters that are out there. And then there's a lot of folks I've had in, or I haven't had in the show um, who are also running folks like Jacob Hornberger, who I think we've talked about on the show back when he was uh, possibly floating his name there. Well, actually, no, he did run, didn't he, in 2020 uh, to be the libertarian standard bearer for that election, but was uh, ultimately defeated by Joe Jorgensen. I think Hornberger probably has the best uh, approach when it comes to actually like talking about libertarian excuse me, libertarian philosophy and principles. But the problem with uh, someone like a Jacob Hornberger being a professor and, and you know, talking in that manner is that the messaging, it, it articulates our principles and our values, but it doesn't necessarily connect to the, the, the issues that people are experiencing and really tying that value together. And then the, the one candidate who, yes, I, I probably have ruffled some feathers there on social media over the past week or so since his recent appearance over on TimCast, and that's Michael Rechtenwald. Um, now, Michael Rechtenwald, I think he has a very strong, compelling story to tell as a former Marxist professor turned libertarian who identified all the problems that the left was bringing, especially when it comes to what's taking place and has been taking place for decades on college campuses. But I'm sorry, just... He needs a better refined messaging and communication skills and also needs to better identify his ICP. But when it comes to the messaging and the communication skills, I got a lot of flack on this and I'm sorry. Oh, well, no, I'm not sorry because me identifying that these are areas for a candidate to improve, that's not crapping on the candidate. That's trying to help encourage the candidate to get better. I'm a libertarian. I want to see libertarians do better, but that means that libertarians that are running for office have the obligation to, in fact, take constructive critiques and constructive uh, criticism and then implement it to try and do better, to have more uh, bold outreach, but also long-lasting outreach to better understand who your ICP is, your IVP, if you want to go that route, but also how do you communicate with them, keep them interested, keep them engaged, and keep them wanting to vote, not just for a libertarian, but then to become a libertarian. That is crucial here. Now, when I saw Michael Rechtenwald over on TimCast, I, I thought he did okay, but there was so much that was left on the table. It's one thing to talk about ideas, to talk about why we are correct. It's another thing to attach real connection to your average person so they can see the impact. They can see the, the implications of not just going with a libertarian philosophy, but also the, the implications of not going with a libertarian philosophy. What is that status quo that we are fighting against day in and day out? And how does that status quo negatively impact your average person? And then on the, the counter side of that, well, what can libertarians do to help solve that? It's not just one thing to say, we're going we're gonna to eliminate the Department of Education. Okay, why? Why are we eliminating the Department of Education? What does the impact of eliminating the Department of Education have on your average person, your average student? That's where we need to tell the story. 
Don't just say, I'm going to do this, look at policy, but rather, what does that policy do? What are the implications, the consequences of said policy? And, and on the other side, when we see folks on the left, and heck, yes, even some folks on the right who bring forth policy that we know from a libertarian perspective is not going to help move things forward, if anything, bring us backwards or progressive straight off a cliff in that uh, pursuit of moving forward, you you have a chance to not just differentiate, but then to talk about the real Im negative impacts of that policy. So as a libertarian, it's not just on us to talk about our ideas and to say how right we are. It's important to sell our ideas and with that, understand what makes people tick. What are the issues that matter to your average person? And with that, how do we bring libertarian ideas, libertarian principles to that voter, show them that they're not just you know highfalutin ideas, pie in the sky, visions that we have of a, a better world that just seems like it's a utopia, but rather something that's actionable and can actually be implemented today and make their lives better today. That's where we have to do better. And and I think for today's episode, because we're going to do a little bit shorter of an episode today, um, I, I think I, I want you to take away really two things. Number one, that no libertarian candidate has all the answers. Um, there was a lot of candidates who have announced that they're running for president. There are some candidates who didn't announce they're running for president. And, and with that, for the libertarians, <sighs> It's it's okay, right? It's okay to have someone not be 100% what you you want to see in a candidate. But that's also why I'm doing what I I can in this world to try and help improve those candidates. Um, the, the, the ideal candidate I think we could have run in 2024 uh, has decided not to run in someone like a Dave Smith, but also folks like a Spike Cohen. I haven't heard Spike uh, announce anything uh, more recently. I haven't heard anybody like Larry Sharp announce anything. And those three individuals, I'd say, would be the best candidates that we would have if we were to have libertarians try to actually hold, uh, you know, 2024 as some type of bellwether event in terms of are we actually going to get that 5%, 3% uh, electoral success? Can we get more? And I don't see that right now with our current group of candidates. And that's not trying to, to crap on those candidates. Heck, three of them have been on the show but rather identifying the reality that there are areas for us to get better. So with that, not every candidate is going to be 100% what you want to see, but I think it's a great chance for us to work together and get those candidates as well-rounded and well-molded to be the best candidate they can be by working together. That's number one. Number two is that we have an obligation as libertarians to quit the nonsense. We got to quit the infighting, quit looking at any critiques or constructive criticism as personal attacks or affronts on a person, a person or a candidate. That's not what this is. And if we want to get better, if we want to get out of this third place that we've been stuck in since we were founded in the 1970s, we have to do things differently. And that means first identifying how we run candidates and how we work on improving our candidates. If we can't take any type of criticism without taking it to heart, we as a movement are doomed from the onset because part of getting better is realizing where you don't do well. And by realizing where you don't do well, take some humility. I'm not good at a lot of things. I can't go outside and run a, a 5K overnight and do it in like 20 minutes. No, I just blew my, my knee out. I can't do that. There's, all, there's a lot of things I can't do, but there are things that I can do. I can help with coaching on, on messaging. I can help with coaching on sales skills. I can help coach about our ICP, but that's just me bringing that to the table. And I, I want folks in the, the campaigns to hear that and know 
Brian's not being a dick. He's not going out trying to, to crap on candidates, but rather, how do we help the candidates that you're representing? Or if you are a candidate, how do we help you do better? And, and that's where I want to leave today is we have to focus on how we can do better as a movement, as a party. And if we want to have any electoral success, it is imperative that we start fixing things now. I, I've been in this movement since what, 2015. And I really became hyper involved in my podcast in 2018. And ever since then, it's just been like herding cats. I keep on seeing this, this constant back and forth, this constant bickering, whether it's the old pragmatic caucus with the advent of the Mises caucus to now we have the classical liberal caucus. And it, it's just, it's, it's, it's fighting nonstop. And when you are a third party like us, and you have folks out there who are curious in said third party. And the only thing they see when they start peeking behind the curtain is infighting. It's going to push them away. Imagine you're getting ready to, to buy a, a car from a dealership. And this car is a used car, let's say. And you feel pretty good. You did your test drive. You, you're, you're like, okay, this might be the car for me. And then you're, you're waiting in the lobby to sign off on paperwork when you know the car that you are purchasing was, was uh, let's say, refurbished from the, the dealership and their, their team that they have there in the mechanics uh, deep bay, depot? I almost said depot. The mechanics bay. Um, and you, you're sitting there and all of a sudden you hear the mechanics start to fight with each other about how things aren't being done properly on these cars that they're they're rehabbing and they're refurbishing. And all of a sudden you start to like, you know, raise your eyebrow and you're like, huh, they're talking about this right now and they're fighting about this right now. And I'm the one who's supposed to be buying a car that they just worked on. Makes you a little uneasy, doesn't it? And rightfully so, because buyer's remorse is a real thing. And we have to address that buyer's remorse is a real thing. We don't want to put our, our customers in a position, in this case, our voters in a position where they feel the buyer's remorse just by peeking behind the curtain. We have to give a great product. And with that, we have to give a great face behind the product. So I'm going to challenge you if you're listening to today's episode and you find yourself in one of those camps where you, you either are engaging in said fight or you are bringing the fight to the table, just don't. Let, let's try to work on things like adults and actually work on addressing these issues internally in a, a grown-up way, much like we say we can when we're bringing it to, to Washington, when we're bringing it to our state capitals, and when we're bringing it to our local uh, areas where we're trying to get inroads. We have to not only talk a good game politically, but also show a good game as an organization. So with that being said, that's all we have for you today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead, give it a share when you do tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty. And by the way, uh, you can find this show pretty much anywhere, whether it's on the video version of the show, which is on YouTube, Rumble, X.com, as well as Ben Swan Sovereign, S-O-V-R-E-N, which if you are watching us over on Sovereign, well, congratulations, you're seeing today's episode before anybody else. That's your Sovereign exclusive. And uh, yes, we're on your all your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, wherever it is you get your podcast. Just do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, download all unplayed episodes, and of course, go ahead and give us a rating and review, five stars. I would greatly appreciate it because it helps move us up the algorithms and reach more people uh, who are maybe in our movement, but also outside of our movement, talking about how we meet people where they're at on those issues they care about. And uh, one last ask, if you are enjoying what we're bringing to the table here at The Brian Nichols Show, well, go ahead and give us some love. Donate to the show. Donate pages there at uh, briannicholsshow.com forward slash 
donate one-time donation. If you want to do a recurring donation, every little bit goes into the, the show, helps us pay for our studio, pay for our streaming, keep the lights on, all that fun stuff that has to take place in order for us to keep on doing a show like this. So we've been doing it since 2018. I see us doing it for another uh, long time as well, hopefully until 2028 and beyond. So if you want to be a part of that and help uh, us grow here at The Brian Nichols Show, support us here at The Brian Nichols Show, I would greatly appreciate it as Brian Nichols. So, uh, no, it's just teasing, but I do appreciate it. So, uh, with that being said, folks, that's all I have for you today. Yes, a little bit shorter of an episode. I appreciate you sticking around with me as I do a one-on-one uh, -on -one with you, my uh, loyal member of my audience. And uh, otherwise, that's all I have for you. You have any questions, comments, concerns, ask me on social media at B Nichols Liberty Twitter or Facebook or email me, Brian, at BrianNicholsShow.com. But with that being said, that's all we have for you. Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for yours truly. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at BrianNicholsShow.com.